Welcome into the DNVR Avalanche Podcast. We got Jesse and Rudo coming to you live. Going to be talking about the East Coast when it comes to free agency and and all of that. We'll get into that in a little bit. A little bit of news tangentially to the Avalanche today. Alex Newhook signing in yeah. Montreal, four years, two point nine million. Does this affect the Ross Colton deal at all? No, I saw some people talking about that. I, I don't really think it does. I think, so uh, I think the Abs were already pretty far down that uh, that conversation road with with Colton. I, I'm mostly just curious on what your thoughts of the deal were for for Newhook. It's a little expensive. See, I thought it was a. It honestly reminded me a little bit of like the Val Nachushkin deal, where I was like a little bit more than I thought for a little bit longer than I yeah, thought. And, and you know, if Alex Newhook puts up 45 points this year, right. Montreal's going awesome. They feel great. Yeah, if he puts up 30, they're going. Eh. Right. Well, and, and it'll be interesting to see what role they want him to play because I was just like going through and reading some of the replies and stuff this morning and. Montreal fans are very high on it, and I and I get why. I mean, like, look, we've talked about it the last couple of years. I, one, I don't think the Avs gave up on Alex Newhook. I thought they moved on from him a little bit earlier than than maybe what you would expect. Uh, I was always someone who is, you know, pounding the drum of the second year player, young guy still had a really respectable rookie season, no doubt about it. Did not rise to the occasion. Did not get it done last year. And really, I thought last year was a step backwards for him. Um, flat at best, sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, if he if he gets that stuff worked out, I think you're feeling really, really good about 2.9. If he continues to kind of just give you middle to bottom six production, I, I think it could be hard for Newhook because if you're going to fit in the bottom half of that lineup, you need to be able to bring more than just some, some skill and talent. It's... It's tough, right? Because the Avs are clearly in win-now mode. And after last season, they made a clear decision to go out, get Ryan Johansson. They're saying, this guy is our 2C. We're mm -hmm. not leaving any question marks about it. Which leaves Newhook in a spot where either he's not playing wing, or rather he's not playing center, or he's the 3C at best. Mm -hmm. And especially, I don't know the details of the negotiation or anything, but if new hook is saying, I want $3 million to be your three C a little <laughs> my, bit tougher for Colorado. My guess. And I, I glad that you brought that up. Cause it, my guess is that that's probably something along the lines of what those negotiations looked like. You know, new hooks agent, my, my client, we really believe that he's going to break out to be yep. a top six player. And the ads are saying, perfect, we're going to pay him for what he's done, not yep. for what you guys are saying Think he can do. do. Yeah. Um, and, and that would maybe understand, or, you know, that would help make sense of why they decided to move on from him. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I thought the deal was interesting. Uh, initially, the return. So, so this is the other side to it, too. If Newhook doesn't go beyond what he's been in Colorado, even if it gets back to his rookie year, a first, a second, a prospect, and $3 million per year for four years, that's a lot that the Canadians have invested in Alex Newhook and he, before he's even yeah. stepped on the ice. The Canadians need him to be successful. Right. On the outside side of that, today, Ross Colton's a better player. Yeah. So... Which yeah. the Avs used the second to flip for. To, right, exactly. So, uh, yeah, uh, it's... And, and then we'll see what they get out of Guliyev. 
Yep. You know, I, I talked to a lot of people in Nashville. I've talked to you. You know, we were at Dev Camp all last week. There's a lot of people really high on Mikhail Guyev, uh, which was the other pick there. So um, I, I think there's a chance Newhook takes another step there. You know, Martin San Luis has had a big impact on some of their more offensive-minded young guys. Yep. Um, but I, I, I still think there's a way the Avs come out still feeling pretty good about this deal. Uh, the other side of this, we did find out yesterday, Ross Colton's arbitration date set for July 27th. Yep. Again, I don't think any of us really expected to get that far. Yeah. But 16 days 16, from today. A hard date of 16 days to get Ross Colton signed one way or another. Yeah. And 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 no, again, it, it was rep- uh, reported by Elliot Friedman. Shit, Rudo, I think it was even last week at this point. Yeah. That, that they were pretty close. Yeah. That they're not super far apart. Um, He's an organization and a player that aren't super familiar with each other in terms of how negotiating works and all that. So them setting an arbitration date didn't surprise me at all. I would be surprised if it got there, but also it's really not the end of the world if it does. I would be disappointed sure, if it gets there. Me getting too. Limits on the length of term in arbitration contracts. If you get only two years out of Colton because he would walk into free agency after that. That would be a little bit disappointing for me. I, I would agree with you. Um, but I, again, it's not something I'm super worried about. At the end of the day, it's pretty normal negotiating in the NHL to do this. And historically, the Avs have almost always come to deals with guys mm-hmm. that they actually want. <laughs> yeah. So I would still expect the deal to get done. Honestly, I think it might not look that different from Newhook's deal. Yeah, I agree. Maybe a little bit more money. North because he's got that. You know what I just mentioned? Like Ross Colton is a guy that the Avs are bringing in to be a a verified part of their bottom six. You need to have more dimension to your game if that's the role you're going to play. We've talked about that so much with Tyson Jost over the years. Yep. Where he realized, ooh, I'm not a goal-scoring center in this league. I need to figure out how to play along the wall, below the goal lines, things like that. I think Colton maybe gets a little bit more than what Newhook did because of that. Also buying UFA years there. so Right. But, um, yeah, I, I stand firm. I think it's going to be somewhere in the range of three to three and a half, somewhere in there. Yeah, I, I, three, three and a half and below, I'm happy. <laughs> You start getting up till towards four, it's a little expensive. You at better that be point, getting some like term out of that. Yeah. I, I mean, anything less than three years would be not good enough. Really, I'd like four years or more. But yeah, I'd like to see a four or five year deal, 3.2. Sign five, it, five sign years, it 3.2. Yeah. I would sign it today if you could get that. So somewhere in there, I think, is a realistic expectation for Colton. <laughs> Not the main topic of today, though. The main topic being the East Coast. Jesse, mm-hmm. should I ever believe in the East Coast being a decent <laughs> conference ever again well, after those playoffs? I was going to say, because it's so funny because there was so much conversation of the East is going to be so good. It's going to be a bloodbath. The only hope that the West has is that the team is so badly beat up. And then it was the eighth seed Panthers who made almost no moves at the deadline, did none of the loading up that everyone else did, that outside of that first round really had kind of an, with the way that it ended up breaking out, obviously they played very tough teams. Like, Not uh, like they were beat up really right, right, uh, until uh, the finals. but which is, which is the 
brutal irony for those guys that they held up the entire way and then they just completely fell apart. Yeah. Uh, physically in in the final, but you know, man, I don't know. I I think I think there's something interesting going on in the East, and it's centered around the fact that all these teams are loading up and. You know, you have Toronto at the top with their four guys, and and you know you had Boston at the top last year, Pasternak and Marshawn and Bergeron, and I think everyone's trying to match that. You see what the Rangers are doing, mm-hmm. and I really just think it's kind of led to this like you've all cannibalized each other. Yep. Uh, th- there's a bunch of weird money, weird contracts in the East now. Asset poor. Asset yeah. poor. Now again, I'm not saying that these aren't good teams and that an East team couldn't win the cup this year, but I'm just saying. I just think that they've they've like almost upped the ante too much in their own conference. And now you just got a bunch of teams that are like, what are we doing? <laughs> in too deep. Uh, Seriously. We, we talked about the bottom just because it worked out that we both felt like Detroit and Toronto were at the bottom of the league for their mm-hmm. free agencies yesterday. If you want more on that, you can go watch yesterday's show. Today, I, I want to talk about the top end of the East a little bit more. Is there someone that really stands out to you? And I'll allow you to say New York, but I'm going to make you come up with another one. The Rangers? <laughs> yeah. Well, see, and, and, and even them, I, I, they're another team that is so weird because I, I felt like they did their rebuild right, mm-hmm. and then they got a little bit of early success, and now I feel like they are... They hit the turbo button too early? Yes, yeah. yes. Um and and so I don't know. So I don't even know if if they would be my high end Eastern Conference free agency pick. I, I'm sitting here just trying to run through in my head. I mm-hmm. liked what Carolina did. If they add uh, Eric Carlson, I don't. I, yeah, I I don't think anyone should add Eric Carlson. This, so this the is record. the weird part for me. Let's take a small little tangent here. This is the part that I don't get. Is you know we're talking about the East. Right now, it's Carolina, it's Pittsburgh. Those are the teams that you're hearing most closely tied to Eric Carlson. Yep. And I ju- I really don't like I don't get it, Rudo. Like I I, yeah. I understand 100 points last year, but he had a great year offensively. Recency bias well, at its finest. Just casually ignore the defensive side entirely right. and ignore his age and ignore the value of his contract, even at half retained. Right, right. Is still expensive. Which, if, if, if you are going to get San Jose to eat half of that for what, three more years? Four more years? Is it three or four? Right, it's too many. <laughs> it's several. That probably means you're having to like that's where the biggest premium is coming in that deal. Yep, is what you're paying for them to eat that amount of money for that much well, time, and like Eric Carlson, he was a, an elite defender a few years ago. He's clearly never been the same since the Achilles surgery. The offense looked like it came back a little bit last year, last year on a terrible team where he was driving almost all the offense. There were a lot of games where the play was give him the puck and get out of the way. Seriously. (laughs) Well, then here's the other thing that I do find weird about Carolina being in on it. I think Carolina being in on it is weird for a lot of reasons. general, I agree. Wasn't the issue, not that they didn't like each other personally, was that you can't have a Brent Burns and an Eric Carlson on the same team. Not enough pucks. There's not enough pucks. 
And beyond that, Carolina's defense is stacked as it is. Well, well that, that, that was my thing with it. Was I said, doesn't this make their defense worse? They, they went out and got Orlov already this offseason. <laughs> it makes you wonder. That's right. It, it makes you wonder, is this the Kale McCarr effect? That everyone just needs that guy. Well, and, 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 and maybe the... I remember having the conversation last year uh, with a fellow media member who is from the East Coast. And I was talking to them during the playoffs, and I said... Is East Coast bias real? Is that a real thing, or is that something that we just complain about? Sure. And he said to me, he said, Jesse, it's inherently real for the biggest reason of time zones. Yep. They're all in bed when the West Coast is playing. If the Avs are playing an 8 o'clock game, there's nobody, such a small percentage of hockey fans from the East Coast that are tuning in to watch. So, so you wonder, and I, obviously I'm not, obviously hockey coaches and hockey departments and management – it's different than the casual fan. They're doing film. They're watching this stuff. But it almost does feel like this is the Kill McCarr effect and a bit of a misunderstanding of what Kill McCarr actually brings, where it's like, well, we need that, that offensive game breaker from the blue line. And yes, Kill McCarr is that, but he's also one of the best defensemen in the NHL in his own zone. He also makes two and a half million dollars less than Eric Carlson. And, he, and he's cheaper than Eric Carlson. <laughs> Younger you're not, than Eric Carlson. In his prime like Eric Carlson. Healthier than Eric Carlson. <laughs> right, right. The Avs didn't have to spend assets to get him. He's a draft pick. Like, the, the, it feels to me like, especially in the case of Pittsburgh, that's what it is. Yeah, I, I agree. And even like, look, I get it. Dubas is new in town there. He wants to make a splash, whatever. You already have Chris Letang. Right. Like, well, you already have Chris Letang. And we, you and I talked yesterday about a lot of the Toronto moves felt like very anti-Dubas moves. Where it was like, hey, I'm coming in and I'm clearly doing things this. that go yeah. against the grain. We need a shakeup. It, it would just be weird for me to see Kyle Dubas go somewhere else and immediately go fundamentally against everything that he did in Toronto. Because as <clears throat> someone who is not into the advanced stats in the way that that you and AJ understand them. Even I know Eric Carlson is not, not an analytical it's not great. standout. It's a lot of volume. Yeah. And that's yeah. about it. And so it would just be weird to see Kyle Dubas move what you know would have to be moved in order to bring in a guy that does not fit his archetype. You know, I, I do wonder how much of that is a new job saying, hey, You've got carte blanche to do whatever you mm -hmm. want with this organization. And Dubas saying, well, now I can do what I actually want. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He doesn't have to go through nine different checks and balances to, to pull off a deal. So I, I don't know. That to me is a part that'll be interesting. I, I, I did like, I, I liked Carolina bringing in Orlov because I was an already stacked defense. <sighs> I didn't love them bringing back both goaltenders. My problem with Carolina is they didn't, Solve the thing that's still their problem. Well, and, and that makes me wonder why, if that's what they're trying to do to bring in Eric Carlson. But I, I don't think he's a game breaker in that way. They need a, It needs to be a forward, in yeah. my opinion. But I just don't like there is nothing Carolina can do in free agency to me because the names just aren't big enough. You're not going to get a superstar like that in free agency. You know, who I think would have been great. There would have been Duchesne. I think he'd have fit well, but I again, who, which guy are you turning to to score that goal? For no, you? I'm with you, like 100. They just continually run in this cycle where ah, they'll have a great regular season, I'm sure. 
Well, they, uh, I had it explained to me by an NHL player last year that it was, that's a really tough team to beat night in, night out. When they're rolling into town, you're heading into Carolina. Sure, for one game. For one yeah. game. That, they'll, they'll skate you to death and they'll roll over the boards and this, that, and the other. But when you especially start getting deep into the playoffs, again, this is an NHL player that told me they just don't have the horses. Yeah. They can't hang with the true elite teams because the games get tight and suddenly everybody is skating you into like the ground. That. Yeah. Everybody's rolling, you know, three, four lines for 60 minutes. Yep. And you have to find a way to separate and Carolina just doesn't have that. And I, I'm with you. I, I do th <clears throat> think it's weird that as much as I like the Orlov ad, it does just still feel like we're going to get this done by committee. And it's like, no, you're, you're not. not. Yeah. <laughs> Hasn't happened. <laughs> well, you should take the committee down to Illegal Pete's and get yourself some delicious burritos after skating the other team into the ground. Yeah. Uh, look, great way to fill up your tank. Uh, fresh ingredients, all sorts of amazing stuff. They're queso to die for. It's the longest happy hour in town, 3 to 8 p.m., so you can go hang out, get yourself some margaritas. My, my biggest complaint with happy hours is always they're like, till 6. It's like, oh, right when everyone gets yeah, off work, right. so we miss it. I got here at 5.50. Right, right, right. <laughs> I genuinely, like... Not just as like an ad partner, Reed. Like I just appreciate yeah. that they push a happy hour to a reasonable time. You can get there at six, and you have two hours right. of happy hour right. left. Actually, Dude, it, it really is. It's the best happy hour in town. It is no lie. So go check them out. You know when it is sunny days, get out on the patio because yeah. apparently we only get so many of those. Yeah, today, yeah, so. <laughs> yeah. Get out there before the patio gets washed yeah, away. Exactly. Uh, Eleven different locations here in Colorado, including one just a couple blocks from the DNVR bar. Uh, which, by the way, well, ways out still. But August eighteenth, we're going to be doing a live show at the bar. So you know, if you're local, maybe come hang out. We'll say hi to people. We'll Thank you for reminding show. me of that. Yeah. I mean, it's it's over a month away. We got time. So it'll be good. But yeah, come say hi. Uh, also brought to you by the folks over at Pins and Aces, the official golf apparel merchandiser of DNVR. I don't know if you know this, but we have a, we have a golf event coming up next Friday. So, you know, make sure you're, you got your Pins and Aces drip on for the, the DNVR golf. They make some good stuff, dude. They I do like their stuff quite mm -hmm. a bit, too. Yeah. You, we talked about it with bird dogs a little bit, but the the pins and aces have yes. the same materials where it's like, Dude, oh, yeah. I'm not actually suffocating. <laughs> right, here. Right, right. I can my skin can breathe a little bit. Dude, totally. Uh, you can get 15% off at pinsandaces.com with code DNVR. And of course, besides just apparel, they have things like the beer sleeve and the liquor stick, which you can put in your bag, bring on the golf course, be the coolest guy in your foursome. Totally. Uh, I I prefer the beer sleeve myself. I've always been a beer drinker, so yeah, you know. Grab a can, get some swing juice. <laughs> some swing juice. You're either golfing better or you're drunk enough that you don't care <laughs> yeah, that you suck. Doesn't matter. You know, works either way. Uh, again, check them out, pinsandaces.com. Second period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast. Ugh. I want to go through uh, a couple of different teams here. Starting with Buffalo. This is a team that I think a lot of people around the league feel like it's finally on the precipice of getting back to playoffs mm -hmm. and competing a little bit. <clears throat> they go out and sign Eric Johnson for $3.25 million, mm -hmm. and then they go out and sign Connor Clifton for $3.33 million. You're now paying essentially your bottom pairing almost $7 million. 
I'm not an NHL GM, but that does not seem <laughs> like the path towards contention, does it? Um, you know how I see this? I think they're trying to do the Anaheim thing without the we're flipping guys at the deadline. Like this to me struck me as we like our young guys. We need the the veteran leadership to help get us over the hump and into the playoffs. Now, what is going to be interesting is what we talk about on this show all the time. <laughs> at what point do you cross over from, yes, that is a valuable thing to have, to you put too much emphasis on that and yep. you just went and blindly got players. Not trying to bury Eric Johnson here. I think Eric Johnson is still a third-pairing NHL defenseman. I agree. I don't think he's worth $3 million, but... <clears throat> I. I've talked to a lot of people who are big Eric Johnson people that fully agree with that sentiment. What? I couldn't believe he got 3.2. Yeah. So I, I like the concept of what they did. But again, when the Avs brought in Andrew Cogliano and then brought him back, we said, that's a great move. That's your veteran leadership. That's your one piece. Sure. You've got 19 other guys that you have prioritized for different reasons. There's your veteran leadership guy. I worry that Buffalo got too concerned with that. Overpaid yes. a little bit for that, perhaps. Now, they're still sitting at $6 million in cap yeah, space. They're fine. And, and <clears throat> I think those are both one-year deals. At least the Eric Johnson one is. But... They, they were kind of puzzling moves to me for sure. When you look at the dollar amount. Fair enough. I, I just don't, I don't know that it pushes them forward enough for a team that I look at, at this point, I'll believe in Buffalo when they do it. I see. But. And, and real honestly, I don't think it uh, genuinely And this again, I'm not trying to be mean to Eric Johnson. I don't think it moves them forward at all on the ice. I think they are hoping we are going to have enough internal growth that it'll get us there. And these guys will be great locker room guys. So I'm actually fully with you. I don't think this moves them forward on ice at all. Uh, all right. I, I, I feel bad because I want Buffalo to Me make too. the playoffs and not be the team that hasn't made the playoffs mm -hmm. for the longest stretch of is, is it all major sports now? Are they? The uh, I know they're getting close. I think they're what twelve or thirteen, 13 years, years now. Years now, I think. So that's tough. But you know what? Build a better hockey team. Well, and and, and they're also one that, for as much shit as Arizona gets, yeah, like holy shit, has Buffalo bungled this at every region? Like at least Arizona's been to the playoffs a couple times. Like they, uh, like made it interesting. Does it not, is it not perfectly summed up by Jack Eichel leaves Buffalo and two years later, he's a Stanley Cup right, champion? Right, right, <laughs> like, right. Yeah, it, it was, it was that one. And then um, oh, there was another one that just popped into my head. Oh, no. It was when they signed Taylor Hall. Yeah. I remember thinking, what are you doing? This is weird. Why are you doing this? <laughs> this is a choice you've made. Right, right. And and they just they they they've, they've just made a lot of decisions, weird decisions. Uh they haven't drafted particularly well, high, which is crazy given how I, high I they've been they've in the draft. Actively drafted poorly. <laughs> right, right. And and really there was even a little bit of 
oh shit, did they mess up the Rasmus Dahlin thing? Until he broke out last Just year. straight up figured it out. <laughs> yeah. But for a second, it was even like, holy shit, they messed that one up too. <laughs> and that's just been the craziest part to me is that, again, at least Arizona's made it interesting a couple times in the last 10 years. Yeah. I mean, 11 years ago, they were in the Western Conference final. Buffalo hasn't even made the playoffs. Hasn't even run. made the playoffs. It's tough. It's tough. Uh, do want to move on. <clears throat> Excuse me. The team that did make the playoffs, the team that did go on the run, Florida. Yeah. They went out, got a bunch of defensemen to kind of fill the gap as they wait for Montour and Ekblad to get healthy. <laughs> How much of that run was fairy tale fantasy hot streak? How much of this is Florida's here to stick? Mm. Well, I think Florida is somewhere in between the team that won the President's Trophy and the team that went to the Stanley Cup final. So I, I, I think... I think they'll stick, but I do think that they are going to go with the, we made our huge changes last summer and it took us nine months to settle into it. And we settled in by the skin of our teeth. <laughs> Justin. <laughs> right. Just got over the line to make this all worth it. Yep. Let's fill the gaps that, you know, Radko Gudis leaves. Um, like you said, Montour, Ekblad are injured. Yep. Uh, Matthew Kachuk. I'm assuming he'll be ready by uh, training camp. I assume so, yeah. Um, but so I, I really do think it, it it was a, let's take a deep breath. Let's let this settle. Let's let it marinate for a, one more year. Spencer Knight was at development camp this week. I know they are still really high on him. Yep. Um, so this feels a little run it back-ish and more of let's not, we upset the apple cart a lot last summer. Yeah. Let's just let it kind of ride. Fair enough. I you know, they did that E Rod as well, which Oh yeah. I don't know how much that really moves the needle for them, but I mean good depth add. Yeah. Never never a bad thing to add quality depth. Reasonable price for Keandre you. Miller, two years, three point eight seven two. Okay, that's a pretty reasonable deal. I, is he still RFA at the end of that? I guess I don't uh, know. I'd have to but, check. Yeah. I don't know how old he is. Time has eluded me yeah, at this I know, point dude. in my life. <laughs> Nobody knows. <laughs> uh, while you look that up, the I want to go to the opposite side <laughs> here. We've talked about Florida as the dream run. Columbus. Oh. A disaster of a year last year on a team that was not supposed to be anywhere near as bad as they were. They get Adam Fantilli in the draft. They haven't done a ton else this free agency is this a team to take seriously or is this a just a team somewhere in the middle I think there's somewhere <clears throat> I think there's somewhere in the middle part of the reason why the Johnny Gaudreau <clears throat> signing last year it was weird to me for several reasons <laughs> one with all due respect to Columbus it was weird that Johnny Gaudreau even wanted did, to go there. Did this whole song and dance and then landed in Columbus, Ohio. Yeah. Um, but it was also because I didn't think they were ready to compete. Uh, I, I, I thought they were still a ways off. I didn't think it was going to be as bad as it was this past season for them. Um, but I don't know. The, Yarmo Kekalainen 
understands his fan base, understands his organization. True. And and has the courage to to really take some heavy swings at times. And we even talked yesterday about how I love the fact that he said, we know we're going to lose some of these guys, but we think we have a good team. We're going for it the year with Panarin, Bobrovsky. They add Duchesne. Like, I, I understand it. Adam Fantilli falling into their lap. I think was a gift. I think they're going to be more competitive, but I still just think this team is a ways off. Zach Warinski is their only real notable defender, unless I'm forgetting about somebody. I mean, they added Severson and Provorov. How you feel about those uh, yeah, guys? Uh, that's right. That's right. Provorov. I mean, both of them. Sure. Fine. They're going to help make you a little bit better, a little bit Are more competitive. Are they premier defensemen in the league? No. No. Uh, I don't know what they're doing in net. Yeah, I... Dude, I don't know what half the teams in the league are doing in net. I don't, think, like, I don't think half half the teams in the league know what they are doing in net. I think they're I think they're a more competitive team this year, but I still think they're a ways off from the playoffs. Easily, their biggest acquisition is Adam Fantilli. Uh, I, I think he will be fun. I think he'll be exciting to watch. But um, are they any good? Right. That's the question. <laughs> I don't think they're a playoff team so. right now. And I think that's the feeling about a lot of these teams in the East is that how many of them actually got better, better. this offseason? And I don't think it's very many. Mm-mm. It's certainly not a Boston who, you know, at this point, is Bergeron going to retire? Is Krejci going to retire? It feels like no matter what, they're going to end up with some holes in their lineup. What are they doing with Jake DeBrusque? Yeah, is that still a thing? Like, supposedly they were still looking to move him potentially. I don't know. It, that's that's an organization that they've had an unbelievable run since 2010 and then going on to win it in 2011 like they, they've had a great long run here where they've been the legitimate contenders <laughs> and, and, and it feels like may not be this season but we we are approaching the end of it there yeah i it it's just father time comes for everybody eventually it's mm-hmm. which is a a great lead-in to tampa bay how yeah. much how much time is left on that clock? So here's what's hard about Tampa Bay that I think separates them from everybody else is Andre Vasilevsky. True. He's still in his 20s. Uh and if you've got him you're going to be competitive. I I agree that they will be competitive. They're a playoff team. I'm not mm-hmm. going anywhere like that, but are they still a cup contender for real? <sighs> Uh, again, and I hate this kind of cop-out answer, but I, I think if if you have Vasilevsky, you can't take them out of that. Do I think they are as perennial of powerhouse right now as they are as they were in 2019? No. No. Okay. I, I, I think there's. I think they're a pretty solid number three in that division. I think they're a really tough out in the playoffs. And if, fuck, I hate the pun, if lightning strikes in the right way, that's a team that could go on a run. I don't like, with all due respect to JoJo, I do not like that as a backup option. No. As an actual backup, no. Um, but, <clears throat> I mean, otherwise, you still got Sergachev, you still got Hedman, Braden Point, Nikita Kucherov, Steven Stamkos, like... Core is still great. Core is still I, I, core is still in good shape. But like I said, I, I think they're a pretty solid three in that division. Tough out in the playoffs. 
if things break the right way, you could see them on a deep run. The thing is, an asset-poor organization that did a lot of asset recouping this year. Yeah. Colton deal with the Avalanche. Obviously, they get a second-round pick. They also moved on from Corey Perry. They also uh, moved on from Patrick Maroon. Yeah. If you look at their free agency this year, they just don't have the money or assets to really do a Too whole much. lot of their I think biggest they're signing was, sitting about three and a half over. Yep. And they signed their biggest signing was Connor Sheary, I think, at yeah. two million a year. Yeah. So like they can't really make any splashes. They don't have a first this year or next. They only have a second in twenty twenty five. It's it's similar to where Colorado is at asset wise, but they're actively shedding a lot of their fringe pieces and not really replacing them. Right. And, and, I, and I actually do think, and maybe, Bruto, you can correct me on this, but I feel like the Avs have a deeper prospect pool than what Tampa is currently sitting on it's, in terms of assets. There isn't much. and I would have to look, but yeah, there's not a ton of prospects mm -hmm. in Tampa's pool to get super excited about. I say that, but Tampa consistently finds guys in like the sixth round. And right, right. Someone you've never heard of will suddenly become a huge piece for them. But see, but but and, and I'm I'm more thinking of flippable assets to to make your yeah, team better. They do not have a ton of that. That's where I do feel like not by a wide margin, but I do think the Avs are in a slightly better position there. I would agree with that. I think the Avs slightly. have a handful of pieces that are still flippable for <laughs> That key piece. Yeah. Because they don't give up trades for five picks for a guy. Right, 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 <laughs> but. right. And, and, and that is one other thing to keep in mind with, with Tampa Bay is given what all they gave up, you can tell they believe in Tanner Janot. Yeah. And that, that they think that, okay, cool, here's a young guy we can, you know, inject some youth into the lineup here and, and, and make an impact, but... I, and like I, I that's actually I, I do wonder maybe not fully a conversation for today but you saw when Tampa was at their peak they would take anyone and turn them into a really good player I think you see a lot of that in Colorado now where everyone wants to go there because oh that's a team that will get me my points it'll mm -hmm. make me money in the future right Juno goes there and gets four points in 20 games yeah it wasn't great not not amazing uh but Anyway, one great Rudo. It was not. On that note, we are brought to you by Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNVR. You can get eight different kinds on tap down here at the bar, or you can find it in your local liquor store anywhere in the United States. Uh, use the Breck Beer Locator online at breckbrew.com to find it near you. It's the summertime. You're all about the light beers right now, whether it be the, the Strawberry Sky, maybe the Palisade Peach. Uh, the Mountain Beach Strawberry Sky is a great summer beer. It's so good. That's it's a great summer. outdoor on the patio. Exactly. Taking advantage of the, the the we used to have the most sunshine in the U.S. Now we get what like two days a year. I yeah, think that's is, what it feels is like. Is what it's man, down to. That's what it feels uh, like. I know. I know. Uh, I don't, could could they hear you call me dramatic? Because that's what but it was. The patio but, is a pool now. That's po just yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Point being, take advantage of these summer days. I, I love strawberry, a cold strawberry sky mm, on a summer day. Mm. Can't go wrong mm, with mm, it. Mm. Again, breckbrew.com. Check them out. Find them near you. And also brought to you by the folks over at the two number. If you've been in a car accident or a ride share situation, if you're like everyone in downtown Denver and ride a scooter everywhere and crash into things, but it's not your fault, you can call 222 2222 today. Get a hold of Bacchus and Shanker. I think we had the conversation last week that. 
I think both you and I have been in an Uber that has been in an accident yep, yep. while we were in it. Yeah. Yeah. It's so very weird situation. <laughs> right. But it's, it's also weird how common it is. Yep. And thank God for Backus and Shanker is the point. Right. They'll get you your money, you know, if you're injured, even if it's a thing at work where you were injured and it's not your fault. Boxes and Shanker just want to get you what you deserve. You can call the two number or go to coloradolaw.net. They'll give you a free consultation. They think you have a case. They will take your case on completely for free. You pay them nothing until you win your case. So go over, get what you deserve with Bacchus and Shanker. They've been doing it for 25 years. They're really, really good at what they do. Uh, check them out. Again, coloradolaw.net or the two number here in Colorado. Third period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by whoever I want it to be. Yeah. You and me. Yeah, that's right. Presented by us. It's presented by DNVR. <laughs> Got him. Got him on that one. Uh, I just don't think the East did as good a job as well, the West did in free agency this year. So it, it's so funny because, Rudo, we talked about it at the trade deadline. Everyone was upset that the abs... And by everyone, I mean, yeah, fans, yeah. our chat, every it felt like every one of my Twitter followers, anyone emotionally invested, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, didn't like what the Avs did because they nibbled around the edges, weren't aggressive enough, didn't land any of the big guys. You and I talked yesterday about what we liked about the Avs summer so far is they made smart moves. Maybe they weren't the biggest moves, maybe they weren't the splashes. Yep. They were smart moves. I feel like that extends back to the deadline. The Avs didn't love what was out there, so they made a smart, low-cost move, yep. addressed what they thought was a need at the time. Tampa is an opposite. Or the, the entire East Coast, I think, was in an opposite, they went opposite all situation. The way in. Yep. Every single Eastern Conference team, starting the trade deadline, just pushed every chip to the middle, took on whatever contracts they needed to, shed whatever picks, whatever prospects they had to, retain salary, uh, cap dump here, take on the full salary there. Yep. And we wondered out loud on this podcast at the time, how is this going to affect the landscape moving forward? And I think you look at this free agency and I think this was the first sign of these Eastern Conference teams put themselves in a multi-year hole There's here a bit. cracks in the wall for sure. All yeah. they can do is nibble around the edges very lightly they, unless they're wanting to make really aggressive Golden Knight style moves where you're just dumping guys Giving for away free. Guys, literally, it, yeah. it's going to be hard for this offseason that we're currently in and into next season for a lot of these top tier Eastern Conference teams to do anything meaningful. Yeah, I agree. Uh, it's it, it, and the, I think a lot of this is a product of the flat cap over the last three years. Totally. But this is a year where certainly in the East, and I think even a decent number of teams in the West feel a little bit stuck. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of teams are kind of just riding this out the next year till the cap goes up at least once. And then you look at some teams like Minnesota who are saying, look, 2025 is when we can really start to right. make moves, do this again. And, and, and really, I, I mean, I think, and that was part of what we talked about watching some of this stuff is like, gosh, are these, are these Eastern conference teams just really, 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 really hoping that it's going to be the Rangers or the Maple Leafs versus the golden Knights in the <laughs> final. And they can get a little bit of a cap bump this year because as <laughs> much value out of it as possible. <laughs> right. Right. Like I just, I remember us thinking that at the time, like these guys are acting 
Like these Eastern Conference GMs are acting like the cap is about to go up this summer. It's not. Yep. And like I look at a team like Boston, and again, we're saying, ah, uh, you know, 13 years into their run, are they maybe about to fall off? That's a good run. Who gives a shit? You right. got a cup in there and you went back to the final. A team who's at the end of their run is a whole lot different than a team right. trying to get there for the first time. But like Boston's a team that I, I think they could be hard up against it for the next several years as guys start to retire. They spent a lot of assets last year. They are still tied up against the cap. Yep. That could be a team that we could see take a significant step back over the next couple of years because of the way they've managed the assets and stuff. Um, I, I really do. I, I think what we saw play out at the trade deadline so far this summer, we have seen some of the repercussions of that mainly pertaining to the Eastern conference. It's uh, just for comparison. There are half a more than half. There are a dozen teams within a million dollars of the salary mm -hmm. cap today. Yeah. So, well, it's just, it, it's been so hard and it's part of the reason why I think we, I think I brought it up on a show last week, two weeks ago. I, I think the NHL needs to put in a rule with, with the salary cap being the strictest of any of the four major North American sports and the smallest. Yep. I think there needs to be some relief for drafted players. If you drafted this player into your organization, you developed them from a prospect to a whatever, you get a 10% discount hit against the cap. If you trade them and then five years later, they come back in free agency, does not count anymore. That is now a free agent acquired by your team. I look at it as if this player was drafted, came up through the system and is now contributing on our NHL roster, I think there needs to be some type of relief for that player because the reason the flat cap is obviously playing into this but it's like almost just kind of like teams are like they've been able to shuffle it, but now they're just swelling to the point where it's like, well, there's nowhere left for us to go. We've had to pay too many of our own internal guys without the cap moving. Is this now four years in a row that it's not going to move? To me, that just feels like a Band-Aid on the solution of actually just make the cap go up. Well, yes, that obviously too. You, like the NHL players, and I can only imagine, I can hear the eye rolls already. <laughs> NHL players need to get paid more. Yeah, I, I like the fact that they are the it's by it, a mile lowest that, paid. Okay, of the four, I understand the NHL getting paid less. I understand they're the smallest of the big four. Yep, <laughs> I I tweeted about this yesterday. The entire NHL free agency is equivalent to two yeah. of Nikola Jokic's contract. Yeah, yeah, two of of one guy <laughs> yeah, in the yeah. NBA. And, it's, it's and that's ridiculous. what the entire league has spent yeah, this right. summer. Yeah, it's ridiculous. And, and that's the part to me. I, I'm with you fully. You need to find a way to get more revenue into this league to get that cap number to go up. So what I really do wholeheartedly believe are the most impressive athletes who put their bodies through the most 82 games with a physicality that is on par with football. I, I, it's, I would I would argue maybe more than I yeah. mean there there's studies out there that would agree with that statement Rudo and I'm not going to go all the way down that yeah, that don't road. have to get in that rabbit right, hole right but, right. but uh, the NHL needs to get more aggressive about marketing to that next wave I, I, there was a suggestion that flashed across the screen about how about this sell the reverse the wildly popular reverse retro jerseys for more than 15 minutes yep 
like they need to get more aggressive about getting money into the sport so these they can get these guys paid the salary cap can start moving and we can have a more entertaining product you can add more teams to the league and, and it's not going to get watered down too much <clears throat> all of these things need to happen my point is I, I, and maybe it should have even been temporary there should have been some type of relief over these last couple of years because it, it just got to the point where like teams were stuck right yeah. the abs haven't really added like go back to 2019 who are like the massive game breakers that they've brought in in free agency or, or even via trade. It's like Devon really Taves. Ex- and even that was taking advantage of another team that was captured. Right. Right. Like the only thing that has ended up pushing the abs as close to the salary cap as it has, as they are is what's happened in those last few years. Kale McCarr got a new contract. Nathan McKinnon got a new truck contract. Miko Ranton and got a new contract. Val Nachushkin. These are all their own guys. Like and, Well, and the abs are honestly on the lucky side of it, of, getting to sign them a couple years into this right. instead of teams that signed it in 2019, the start of 2020 expecting that. And then we're stuck with <laughs> what they had just signed with a cap that has not gone. I mean, it's gone up a million every year, whatever, but I, I look, I do think there are some positives here as well to take out of this. Just the other day, the NHL announced a day with NHL games staggered yes. all day long. Uh, 16 NHL games that start in 15 minute intervals. At least some attempts to advertise the sport a little bit more. And, and I I understand <clears throat> I understand why people haven't liked the ESPN product. I get it. Sure. And I understand why people don't like the board the virtual board ads. I get it. This is all stuff that's good for the game. Yep. And I'd like I would even go back to the All-Star game last year. I get it didn't really work. I get there were a lot of things that mm-hmm. sucked about it. But at the NHL is at least trying stuff. Right. right. I I can appreciate that. So they they need to do stuff like that. I would love for them to look at the NBA and take some pages out of their books. Do something like Summer League is going on right now in the NBA. Yeah, but do not do the in season tournament. I don't go with the hell that I even actually is. wouldn't really? mind them trying that. Uh, it's not it's not my most favorite thing in the world, but things like that crush in college. I don't even, what even is it? Is it just like a chance to give out a cash prize? Cause like I read the explanation of it. I read the rules and all that shit. Most of them count as regular season games, except for the championship. Yeah, like the last one doesn't. And so I, it was just weird. I, I also, and, and again, I am, I am someone who was anti play in and I, for the exact reason that Gary Bettman laid out, not this past season that just ended, but go back a year, the, the 2022, the year the Avs won the cup. The difference between number eight seed in the Eastern Conference and number nine seed was like 25 points. Sure. So Gary Bettman's saying, no. I, I, I don't care about the play. And, but, but what I was going to say was even something like that, though, that's extra games, that's extra playoff revenue for certain markets. Point being, the app, the, the apps, the NHL needs to get more creative with this shit. So we've gone off the rails here, but that's fine. It's it's we're in the off season. But, but, we can but do it this. All pertains to free agency I'm, and teams. We I'm about spend to money. take us more off the rails. Is what yes. I'm saying. Yes. Uh, with these in season tournament potentials, the reason why I think there's something there. Look at the bean pot in the NCAA. It's not necessarily about the teams in them or the games themselves. Mm-hmm. One. It does the thing that the NHL has been trying to do for decades in create rivalries that might actually matter yeah. in the regular season. 
And two, those are games that you go in and you say, hey, this is a regular season game, but we're charging double. <laughs> People yeah. want to be at this. People want to be a part of this event. And that is what they should do, whether it's... See, I like it regionally. I don't like a league-wide tournament. I agree. It shouldn't be league-wide. Yeah. Uh, it, but what they need to do, whether it's an in-season tournament, whether it's a plan, whether it's a whatever, it needs to be an event. Yeah. It can't just be, oh, like, here's like, a hockey game. Like, if you did, like, the NYC Christmas Classic or something like yeah, that... Amazing. And, and, and the whole week leading up to it, and then... You play the Christmas Eve. You play or, the championship game outdoors yeah. on New Year's Eve oh, or whatever. Oh, dude, like, that would be sick. Yeah, do that for real. But like that—that's what—that's the kind of stuff that they need to do. And then you could have one <clears throat> for teams in this region that you do it in Vegas, yeah, and they're all regular season games and all that stuff. Yep. Um, I, I, I would be with that. I do not like the format of we're gonna essentially run a thirty-two team playoff in the middle of the season. <laughs> no, no, these need to be like. At most, it would be like divisional. Yeah, because then I do think that would build some some rivalry. There's a for real cash prize in the line. Yeah, and da 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 da. I like the NHL's salary cap because this a little bit of what their comment came through talks about. I like their salary cap because it does it breeds parity. Yep, I agree. It it it. It, you can see the clear ebb and flow to the NHL where teams hit the top, they stay, then they drop down to the bottom, they have to draft really high, and they come. Like, you can actually watch it. If you just go NHL.com, one of the few features that that website has that I really like is you can go back to like the 1910s and it'll give you standings. Here's what it looked like yep. every year, points, all that stuff. You can, if, if you just go track, a, you know, the Detroit Red Wings. You can literally see yep. how they've gone up and down, and that's what you want out of a salary cap. I think you look at baseball. I think you look at the NFL. So I want to talk you don't get that. about baseball specifically because a lot of people have a counter argument to this of like, oh, well, the non-salary cap league, the highest paid teams don't win that often. And you're right because winning championships takes actually getting value out of every mm -hmm. single contract in your lineup. But you look at a team like the Dodgers – Right. And they're perennial contenders just right. because they spend the most. They might not always win, but it's a literally a free pass for them into the playoffs every single year. <laughs> well, and it makes it it makes it hard for small, mid to small market teams because yeah. you really just become a feeder system. Sorry, you're in the Dodgers division. Right, you, right. There's one playoff spot. <laughs> right, right. There's one playoff spot available. And hopefully none of your players get too good because then they'll just go sign with the Dodgers yep. in a few years. Because the Dodgers will pay them $500 million right. for a decade. Like. And, and so I, I like that the NHL has this to maintain parity and that you can only spend a certain amount. The point is the amount that the NHL teams can spend up to is not high enough. Like, it's just not. Yep. I agree. I, and, and I know there's going to be people out there that, oh, my God, they make millions of dollars. and blah. It's like, yeah, you're right. It's an insane amount of money. We have seen, I, I understand up close what goes into playing for the Colorado Avalanche. And there's a lot of people that think it's like, show up and play a game. Who cares? These dudes are more dedicated to their craft than anybody else in like any other field. They're, 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 and this isn't specific to hockey. I'm just talking about pro athletes in general. Super early mornings, several different workouts a day, high intensity stuff. Physical contact sports, putting your body on the line, time away from your family. Like, there's so much that goes into it. The NHL doesn't need to go to a no cap system. You got to give these teams some more fucking cash, dude, it, to work with. It's it's just the reality of modern sports is that look, this is 
the price of doing business. And really, I think more leagues probably do need to look at the NHL's model of a hard cap. But that doesn't change the fact that an entire NHL roster makes up a sixth of like right. an MLB contract of a star player. Right, right, right. <laughs> uh, I like this comment right here. Give teams $3 million in extra cap for the rest of the season if they win the in-season tournament. Eh, I mean... Wouldn't that be something if you if you did like, all right, each of these teams in their divisions won their tournament, they all get $5 million extra against the cap. Suddenly you're licking your chops heading into the trade deadline. Like, well, well, well. I worry a little bit about stuff like that because I do think you end up in like a MLB all-star game when it actually mattered and just decided home field for the World Series. Yeah, and I always everyone thought that was dumb. hated it. Yeah, I always thought that was dumb. But I, I'm, look, I'm willing to explore stuff. Mm -hmm. Like, and, and I think the NHL should be too. They need to figure out ways to make more money and to market their sport better. And I think they've taken steps in the right direction. The Golden Knights would sell out every year to win the in-season tournament. Like, oh, we totally. need this five mil. <laughs> we need it. You'd get like super weird stuff where people pick up players for the tournament and then get rid of them. It'd be weird. It'd be very weird. But maybe that'd be interesting. Maybe that's something people would be into. I don't mm. know. Uh, anyway, we've gone wildly yeah, off say, the rails at this point, but look, about. it's the off season. We can do whatever the hell we want. That's right. right. That's how it's going to be. So we are going to wrap this show up. We are, of course, brought to you by the, uh, oh no, I already did this read. Never mind. We're good. Oh, perfect. Uh, uh, I was going to say to the last comment there, uh, pro stock hockey is somewhere where you can get sticks, uh, at cheap. They're all like used or, or pro specs that are you know they're not like regularly manufactured so they're cheaper i don't know about 30 i mean 30 bucks i mean you're like <clears throat> i hope this doesn't sound like but i mean like it's gonna be tough to find yeah i mean like dick sporting bucks, goods stuff like yeah. that like you can totally get you know played against sports stuff like that it's kind of like general sports stores you can get you know lower end wood sticks and stuff like that but if you want the fancy top of the yeah, line yeah stuff. yeah pro, pro stock hockey is probably the best because you're heavily marked down sticks for adding zeros if you want the new one. Right, right, right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Pro stock stuff, but uh, yeah, <clears throat> I actually got a, a package yesterday from Bird Dogs. Ooh, there you go. Yeah, so it was. Uh, they hooked it up, man. Gonna be looking uh, looking fancy in your Bird Dogs. Always. <laughs> I, I threw them on and out loud. I went, oh, these are comfy. Like just, <laughs> just uh, involuntarily, just came out like I. It came out of my vocal cords, but I didn't mean to say it. You know, they were just that comfortable. Well, we're going to wrap this one up for the day. We appreciate all y'all hanging out with us for another off-season day. Megan is back tomorrow. So, yep. so I think it'll be me and her have, tomorrow. Have yeah. a fun show. And then we have a guest planned for Thursday. So yep. tune into should that. Should be good. Uh, should be fun. Uh, but we appreciate all y'all, and we will talk to you on the next one.